we have come to accept stress and anxiety as being synonymous with being successful. We're stuck with this thinking that we're supposed to be superhumans and ignore the stress as we carry on with long hours and sleepless nights. And this is, of course, as we suffer with pain and headaches and low energy and stomach issues and brain fog. We would never want to be perceived as not being able to keep up. Enough is enough. It's time to address the stress that is overpowering your life. And that's exactly what we're unpacking today as we hear from Dr. Donnie Wilson and her approach to calm anxiety, boost energy, and beat burnout. It's time to master your stress and reset your health today on Healthy Harmony. Welcome. This is the Healthy Harmony Podcast. I'm Jennifer Pickett, dietitian turned functional medicine health coach. I help spiraling moms overcome the overwhelm through functional wellness coaching for the body, mind, and soul so they can transform their health and live a deeply fulfilled life of freedom and harmony. Okay, let's get real. When it comes to your health, you know what to do. I help you make the shift from knowing to actually doing. The last 25 years of experience have taught me that the absolute last thing a woman needs is a lecture about self-care and another unrealistic diet plan. I recognize the importance of compassionate and intentional health practices so you can feel good. Because guess what? When you feel good, you are more likely to make better decisions for your health. If you're ready to take control of your complete health, address the obstacles standing in your way, and live a life of freedom and harmony, my friend, you're in the right place. Thank you all again for your feedback. It is so very helpful. And apparently the last podcast, it must have resonated with you. Uh, That podcast was how to get free healthcare. So I was a lot more candid in that one and it really spoke to you. So thank you for your feedback. If you missed that one, I encourage you to go back and listen. It is very eye-opening. And hey, I really appreciate you guys. You're taking me up on the 15-minute discovery call to see if health coaching is what you're looking for. I really love speaking with you. Remember, my main goal is to simply be a resource for you. So don't forget that you can book a discovery call when you go to inspirehealthyharmony.com and click on the coaching tab. Dr. Donnie Wilson is a naturopathic doctor, a natural health expert, a certified professional midwife, and a certified nutrition specialist. For years now, she has helped women, men, children overcome their most perplexing health challenges and achieve their wellness goals by crafting individualized strategies that address the whole body. She is known for her work uh, with the stress recovery protocol, something that she developed to help her patients. She has written a few books with her most recent being Master Your Stress and Reset Your Health, which is a book that I have come to really appreciate. And she's been seen on NBC, CBS News, ABC, The Dr. Oz Show. And yes, today she is here with us. We have such an amazing guest today. I'm really excited to have Dr. Donnie Wilson joining us. How are you, Dr. Donnie? I'm very good. Thank you. And where are you joining us from today? 
Well, I am on Long Island in New York, um, but it's a good question because I'm often in different locations and and um, and I work with patients around the world. So I I oftentimes like don't even think about where I'm actually located. I'm kind of uh, all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of a nomad, just all over the place. I love that. Um, You know, today we're going to be talking about this hot topic of of stress. And I'm curious, what's your story? What led you to take a deep dive into mastering your stress? Mm -hmm. Thank you for asking. Uh, You know, I think, of course, we all have stress in our childhood, in our lifetimes. And um, so I certainly had, um, you know, my share of stress and my ex- my own experience of burnout from stress. Um, I would say the, the most extreme burnout I had was after I finished my naturopathic um, doctorate degree and residency. And I also had trained as a midwife. So I did all of that in a kind of a span of a decade in my in my 20s and when i graduated and finished all my degrees and then i it happened to be 2001 i moved to the new york area and it was right after 911 so here i was you know having been pushing myself to finish all these degree programs and deliver all these babies and up all night and then i moved to new york at right after 911 and then i had my daughter And between all of that, I was just like, I had, you know, those moments when you're just like, you're somewhere in the middle of your day and you're like, how am I going to keep going? How am I going to, how am I going to keep doing this? How is this supposed to happen? (laughs) Right. I can relate to that. Yes, definitely. How how do I keep going? How do I keep going, moving forward from here? And I think a lot of, a lot of us feel that at different points in time, some people listening might be feeling that right now, you know, like, you're just like, what am I going to do? And we somehow put one foot in front of the other and we kind of keep going and we try to get as much done as we can in a day. But we have so many responsibilities between, uh, you know, say having a job or running a business or, and, and being a parent and taking care of children or having or, you know, having our parents and needing to help them. And, you know, those are just even some of the things on the list, let alone, you know, financial responsibilities and so on. And it can feel like such a pile of, of, of stresses and to do's that we, in some ways, we, we kind of normalize it, right? Like, it's just like, this is, because of course, this is our experience and our existence. So to some degree, we kind of have to normalize it in order to get through it. And at the same time, we, we may have moments where we're like, wait a minute, is this really what life is about? You know, right, is, this, right. <laughs> is this what it's supposed to be? So, you know, it's like, that's the moment when I I had, you know, when my daughter was very young and I was trying to run my practices because I, I had done all that training. I didn't want to just not see patients. I felt very committed to, you know, wanting to um, follow my passion, this passion of, of um, naturopathic medicine, which I, I'm happy. I'm very grateful that I discovered naturopathic medicine from a young age. You know, really, when I was in college getting a pre-med degree, I sort of started paying more attention to food and, and noticing how food was affecting me. I was like, wait a minute, maybe the way I'm eating, of course, as a college student, right, we're always eating like pizza and a yeah. bunch of 
carbs and sugar and alcohol and gluten. And I was like, wait a minute, maybe this is affecting, this is causing some of the, the reflux. And, <laughs> and so I started getting more interested in the way food was affecting me. And I ended up then deciding to get a, a degree in nutrition as well. And then I decided, wait a minute, is there a medical school that includes nutrition? And that's when I discovered naturopathic medicine. And, you know, this is in in the 90s. And so there was no Google. I had to drive to the naturopathic medical school. And I said, I want to study medicine that includes a focus on food as medicine. And they I said, I love that. Love that. Right? <laughs> so good. So, I'm happy that I found my way there at a young age, but it, it didn't mean that I, it saved me from exposure to stress, you know, like right. even a naturopathic medical school is going to be stressful. Even learning to be a midwife is going to be stressful being a parent. So some of these things were to realize that we're going to be stressed as humans, you know, even if, even for someone who's choosing a, a career in natural medicine, I still had stress. And not only that, but I was experiencing migraines at least twice a month that were making it so that I couldn't do anything. I couldn't function for at least one to five days every time I got a migraine. And and so it was like I was my body was really trying to tell me that it had hit a limit. And and I just I was trying struggling through to try to figure it out. And I'm sure listeners too, you know, however your body is showing you the symptoms, these symptoms are really indications that we're overstressed and under on the stress support. Sometimes I call it the anti-stress, right? If we don't have enough anti-stress to counterbalance the stress, we're going to end up with symptoms somewhere, whether it's a migraine, whether it's uh, anxiety or mood changes, sleep issues, digestive issues, skin issues, right? Hormonal imbalances, thyroid, fertility issues, right? It, autoimmunity. The list goes on and on, right? It does because it's it, stress affects us on all those different in all those different areas of the body. So, um, I want us to you you referenced anti stress. So let's yeah. take a little bit of a deeper dive into anti stress. Yes, let's do it. So, what does that look like? You know, I mean, and I like to some degree when I think when someone hears about stress. I'm, I'm interested what listeners think of if you say anti-stress, you know, it might be like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe also what we think of as self-care, right? We're using that terminology, which I'm so happy we're using that terminology more, you know, like that might be meditation. It might be taking a bath. It might be getting a massage. It might be um, journaling, listening to music, dancing. Uh, there's so many actually tools, things we can do that we actually enjoy doing, right? Isn't that funny? These are things we enjoy, but we tend not to choose them for ourselves. We tend to feel like, you know, of course we have this long to-do list. We need to get finished by the end of the day. And then we're so exhausted, we fall into bed and we, you know, the day starts over again. And then we're we're needing to, the caffeine to get us going in the morning. And we're needing, you know, we're choosing something like alcohol to get us to go to sleep at night. And we, we, we tend not to prioritize ourselves and we tend not to prioritize this anti-stress. And so I'm here to say, how can we shift that? How can we understand that we're human? We're going to have stress, but as humans, we really do also require support for 
the opposite of stress, to help our bodies recover from stress. And so, yes, we can choose those self-care activities. But what I've done in, in, in my new book, Master Your Stress, Reset Your Health, I go into great detail because my argument is that I think we need to get more, we need to be more specific. We need to be specific, so specific about our anti-stress that it's specific to each individual. Like, yes, everybody can benefit somewhat from meditation and the, the studies show that, right? Meditation is good, deep breathing, all those things I just mentioned, journaling um, is going to be good. But what I've seen in practice now, it's 22 years later that I've been helping people with all different health issues, but I always look at it from the perspective of stress is, is what, how does this person need a slightly different stress recovery plan than this other person in order to be more effective, right? Because yes, while we can do, we can try to do some of these things on the day to day and any usual stress management book, that's probably what you would read. But the difference is for my protocol in my book, I'm saying, we need to get specific to you the way stress affects you individually. And this yes. is what I, right? This is what I call the stress types. We have to, we have to use that personalized approach. So I definitely want us to talk about the stress types. But before that, I want mm -hmm. us to, to really talk about what this chronic stress does when we don't have those things that we're doing that help to help us to master our stress, help us to manage the stress coming at us. Um, and we have this constant chronic stress. You've said that that leads to adrenal distress. So what is adrenal distress? Because I think this is something that is not discussed enough. And I firmly believe with all of us women, especially, that yeah. That is what's leading to all of our health problems, our hormone imbalance and our health problems. So what is adrenal distress and how does that impact our overall health? Okay. So what happens here is when we have a stress exposure, we have a normal human stress response. And that includes two factors, actually. There's the sympathetic nervous system, which is what we think of as a fight or flight and it's going to trigger adrenaline. So that's when if you if something stressful happens and you feel your heart racing, your mind racing, you're sweating, you're, that's an adrenaline response. That happens fast and initially. And then the brain tells the adrenal glands that you're mentioning. The adrenal glands are uh, above our kidneys. And they do a lot of stuff. They actually do a lot, even though we don't hear about them very often. They, but they make cortisol, which is our main stress hormone. And they also make adrenaline. And so the brain says to the adrenal glands, hey, she has a stress we're dealing with. We need some more cortisol and adrenaline because the cortisol then and the adrenaline goes throughout the body saying, think of it like it's telling every part of from your digestion to your, your, your ovaries to your brain. It's saying there's a stress going on. We need to change how we're functioning, right? When we're under stress, we're not, it's not as important to digest our food. It's not as important to ovulate. It's not as important to, and it shifts the immune system. It shifts the nervous system into a, it even shifts the way we, we metabolize glucose. So we are raising our blood sugar levels in order to deal with the stress. So that's okay if it's happening in the moment, right? We need to respond to the stress and then the stress goes away and everything comes back to optimal again. But the problem is like what we've been describing when we're under constant stress, day in and day out, then this, this stress trigger to our adrenal glands is constant and it never gets a chance to reset. And so 
This is what I refer to as adrenal distress because sometimes you might have heard of, say, burnout or adrenal fatigue or adrenal exhaustion. To me, those those terms are not specific enough because it's just giving you a general answer. Okay, you could say, oh, I have burnout or I have adrenal fatigue. From a clinical perspective, I need to know more specifically because I my goal is to give you a specific treatment that's going to help you improve and recover from adrenal distress, right? Like I always coming from how do we how do we resolve what's going on? And if I want to resolve adrenal distress, I need to know whether your cortisol levels are staying too high because this is the thing is for some people their cortisol stays too high at certain times a day. And I think a lot of people assume that's them. Like if most people I ask they assume they have high cortisol. But actually, when I measure the levels, because we can actually measure cortisol at different times a day, and we can actually see, and I find out that it's actually less than 50% of people have high cortisol. The others may have low cortisol at certain times a day. And if I measure adrenaline, that also can vary. Some people, their adrenaline gets stuck at a high level, and some people, their adrenaline gets stuck at a low level. And the treatment is different, right? We're going to use different herbs and nutrients to help the adrenals recover. If it's a high cortisol, high adrenaline, it's a totally different treatment than if it's low. And so that's why it's so important to, you know, that's what adrenal, the adrenal distress is a term that means your adrenals are stuck either in a stress response, either too high or too low cortisol, either too high or too low adrenaline. And we need to find out exactly what that stress response looks like for you so that we can treat it effectively. Such a good explanation. So uh, tell us how um, you you referenced high cortisol and um, what are the effects of having high cortisol? What does that mean? So this is where like, you you know, I would say some of the most common effects I see is one is a digestion. When there's high cortisol, it turns off the digestion. So a person's more likely to have, like a classic would be a stomach ulcer, but it doesn't always go all the way to a stomach ulcer. It could be just reflux or gastritis. It could be what we call IBS, right? So it could mm-hmm. be changes in bowel regularity, could be, you know, bloating. So some, some disruption in the digestion. Um, and also leaky gut. We also know when we're under stress, it causes more intestinal permeability or what's known as leaky gut. Um, also very common with high cortisol is it it's going to, um, you know, can disrupt the menstrual cycle. It can disrupt all the hormones. So thyroid can go out of balance. Um, and so you might be noticing it as a, a, you know, low thyroid function, or it can also trigger more frequent infections or autoimmunity even or allergies. Right. So it could show up different ways in different people. Um, and I, I, I learned this and I want to see what you think about this. You know, so many women come to me. I've got to lose weight. I've got to lose weight. Wait, and yeah. what I've learned is that with high cortisol, that's really sending a signal to your body to really hold on to that fat stores. Is that correct? Yes. Thank you for mentioning that. And it's a lot of it. I think of it as, again, the high cortisol signals that we need more blood sugar. We need more sugar in our blood to respond to the stress. So we end up with higher blood sugar levels. And when we have higher blood sugar levels, then the body has to decide what to do with that extra blood sugar. And it it often will end up storing it as fat. So it ends up causing weight gain 
um, and as well as sometimes higher cholesterol and, and fatty liver, because it's like the body's going, what am I going to do with all this extra sugar? And so, yeah. yes, cortisol often we think of as associated with weight gain. But I like to clarify that this is the thing is that some, you know, a person who has low cortisol might also experience weight gain. And a person with both high or low cortisol might experience fatigue or low energy levels. Um, and they might also both experience anxiety. So just by, you know, saying I'm gaining weight, I feel tired and I feel anxious or any of those three, it says to me that likely there's an issue with your cortisol, but I'm not going to assume that it's high. I'm going to want to test it. And how can someone, what are you using for testing um, when it comes to uh, adrenals, cortisol, adrenaline, et cetera? So we could do, you know, if you do a blood test, but then you do, you're only getting the cortisol at the time you have your blood drawn, which for a lot of people is stressful to get their blood drawn. So now we're not even getting an accurate number. Um, so what I suggest is we want to measure the cortisol at different times a day. See, cortisol should normally, optimally be a little higher in the morning, not too high, but also not too low. <laughs> we want that perfect, is, this is the thing is cortisol and stress really, I find helps us to get more comfortable with where can we find that middle? Where's that perfect middle optimal? Um, and so we want to measure the cortisol in the morning to see a little bit of a rise there. And then it should gradually decrease through the day until it's lowest at night. So we measure it in a saliva or urine, um, which you can collect at home. And you do like a sample when you wake up in the morning and then the middle of the day, the evening and the bedtime. And this way we really see is your cortisol on a healthy curve, like starting higher in the morning and gradually decreasing, or is it too high or too low at any point in time? And these tests, the urine saliva tests are, you know, generally considered specialty labs, so they're out of pocket. So it's going to, you know, maybe say around 300, you, you know, because again, I recommend measuring not just the cortisol, but also adrenaline. Adrenaline, you can also measure in urine in a single urine sample. And so for a few hundred dollars, you can, I mean, I'm hoping actually, wouldn't that, won't that be amazing in the hopefully near future where we could measure cortisol and adrenaline, you know, even day to day or in at a much lower cost. Yeah. Yeah. Because this, this testing is so very helpful as we take that very customized, personalized approach to, uh, to health. And, I, you know, I've had, you know, various uh, clients that have had this testing done. And it's so very interesting and really explains a lot. But you're right. It, we're getting that snapshot of what's happening throughout the day with the cortisol levels. So that gives us such a good indication of adrenal function. And again, helps us develop a personalized, customized approach for someone. So in your book, you outlined that there are five different stress types. Um, mm -hmm. So give us a brief synopsis of those five different stress types. Yeah, definitely. So they're based on these cortisol and adrenaline levels. So it's a way to help to understand like, okay, here's where I'm, and this is the amazing thing is what I've seen. And this is, you know, again, over 22 years of helping patients and monitoring these levels. What I've seen is that we each tend to go to us toward a certain pattern when we're under stress exposure. Like for me, for example, when I first figured out that I had that severe burnout and I measured my levels, I had really low cortisol, low adrenaline. 
And even when I would go through, I figured out how to help my body, my adrenal glands recover and get my cortisol and adrenaline back to optimal again. And then when I went through another stress in my life, I would measure it again and I would go back to that same pattern, low cortisol, low adrenaline. So I started to realize like, okay, this is my stress pattern. I can then start to anticipate that if I'm under a lot of stress, I'm gonna I'm gonna tend toward that same direction of low cortisol, low adrenaline. So I can anticipate what I'm gonna need to do to prevent it. And so that's that example of low cortisol, low adrenaline is what I call the blah and blue stress type. And so I just know now my body, I'm gonna tend toward blah and blue, and I'm gonna need to take steps based on that stress type to help prevent me from going into that adrenal distress. And so I know the herbs and nutrients I need to take on a daily basis to what I call be resilient to stress. Now that I am out of adrenal distress, I can be resilient to stress. And I also would choose some of those, we were talking about the anti-stress. I even want to choose the the anti-stress at the time of day that best matches my stress type in order to help me be more resilient and and prevent um, prevent burnout from happening again. So the so other very stress- strategic. That's that's very strategic. That's what I love about how you've broken this down. It's strategic. Exactly. I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, usually we don't use the word strategic with our health. We tend to use that with business, right, or a, a financial goal being strategic, so right? But I I feel like I mean I've I've had just so happened to run several businesses, including a nonprofit business for for a long, many years, a decade too. And what I learned from running a nonprofit association was that we use this term strategic and we use strategic consultants to to actually help us be effective at meeting our goals. So I thought to myself, well, why why can't we be strategic about our health goals? We're much more likely to achieve it then, right? Yes. So yeah, I'm so glad you're you're saying that is like how do we how can we by knowing, basically, if we know where we're starting from, if we know we're at point A, then we're much more likely to get to point B, you know, because we know where we are and where we're going. If it's too vague, we could be taking general adrenal products, right, or general stress support, and we're just going in circles. So if anyone listening feels like, oh, I've been I've been taking something for my adrenals or I've been doing some healthy stuff for my body, but I still feel tired or have weight gain or anxiety or, you know what I mean? All these health symptoms, then I would say it's not been strategic enough. We ha- we have to know where you're starting from in your stress type, and then we can determine your stress recovery from based on your stress type. And we're going to be much more effective at actually getting you to feel better long term. So very important. So um, I, I didn't mean to to, um, okay. to get you from. I wanted us to go back to those stress types. So we uh, we described the um, the which one was the first one you described the blue. I did. I was talking about the blonde blue that has the blonde blue. Yes, and now the opposite of that would be the um, stress magnet, which is the high cortisol, high adrenaline. You know, so um, when we see on the lab results that. Um, if the cortisol is high at any point in time of day, maybe it's just high in the morning or maybe it's just high in the afternoon or some people, the cortisol is high all day, then that's the most severe version of a stress magnet. Um, now, if the cortisol and adrenaline is most is normal during the day, but it's high at night, now I call that, a that's the stress type called the night owl. 
because when cortisol and adrenaline is high at night, it's going to disrupt your sleep. It's going to make you want to stay up late or it's going to, you know, wake you up in the middle of the night or wake you up too early in the morning. You know, this is when the cortisol and adrenaline is disrupted and showing up in the nighttime hours. Um, and then the other two stress types are because it's also possible for a person to have, let's say, high cortisol and a low adrenaline. You know, it sounds uh, lopsided, right? Or the opposite of that. They could have high adrenaline and low cortisol. And so we also want to know if that's the case because that's a very different treatment uh, protocol than, you know, than the other. So it's the, there's the sluggish and stressed that have high cortisol, low adrenaline, and then the tired and wired have high adrenaline, low cortisol. And so in the new book, Master Your Stress Book, I guide you through, okay, based on your stress type, then how are you going to go step by step? Because here's the other thing I see so often clinically is that it's tempting for a practitioner to maybe they identify the adrenal distress, but then they want to give a single treatment plan that's, a, you know what I mean, all at once. And yes. the thing is, I've seen it just doesn't work. It backfires because if a person's really stuck in a stress, one of these stress types, what I call stress mode, and we just dive in and try to help the body recover from stress with all of the, even if they're amazing, wonderful treatments, but the person feels worse. Why is that happening? Well, it's because our bodies get used to being in in stress mode. Our bodies are kind of, we get a homeostasis. Our homeostasis is a burned out homeostasis. <laughs> and if we just, let's say a person has low cortisol and we decide, well, let's just boost up their cortisol. But if we do that and they at the same time have, let's say, uh, low serotonin and low GABA, so their neurotransmitters are low, and specifically serotonin and GABA are the calming neurotransmitters. And those calming neurotransmitters also get depleted by stress. So if we have low cortisol plus low serotonin and GABA, and we just try to jump right in and support the cortisol, that person is very likely to feel worse. That's what happened to me. I made myself oh, feel worse several times. I'm like, why am I taking adrenal support that's supposed to help? And I'm getting more anxious and I'm, my heart's racing. I'm getting palpitations. I can't even take the adrenal support. And so I had to figure out like, no, that I, it's because I'm starting at the wrong place. It's not, you can't just dive in at that part. It's, I would have been like putting the cart before the horse, so to speak. Yes. I had, I had to figure out that first I need to, the first step, and this is phase one of the stress recovery protocol is we have to get out of, we have to calm first. We have to get out of stress mode first before we start supporting cortisol and adrenaline that's too low. So we have to be creating a calmness in the body. We have to do all the steps to bring the body out of stress mode, which might mean uh, using support for serotonin like 5-HGP. It might be using GABA support to, to create calming in the nervous system and a buffer to the stress. We might need to use magnesium if the adrenaline's too high. We might need to, you know what I mean? We need to create a self-care routine during the day so that the, per so that the person actually starts to feel like, oh, I can tell that the stress, if it's a light switch we need the, or a dimmer switch, we need the dimmer switch to turn down first. We need to calm down this stress response first. And once that happens, then we can go into phase two of stress recovery, which is where we can start supporting cortisol and adrenaline that's too low. 
but if you see what I mean, if we jump yes. ahead, it's not going to work. It never does when we try to jump ahead. And I think we do. We live in that culture. Even once we recognize, okay, we have a problem. I need to address that. We want that quick fix. Like we want to like, let, let me just fix this really quick. Let me just take a supplement. And and so often we're, we're trying to fall into this one size fits all approach. You and I both know there is no one size fits all approach. So that's what I love about uh, your your approach, your book, uh, that it's a very, very customized, personalized approach to your health and mastering that stress. So as we wrap up here, I would what would be your encouraging words to someone who says, okay, I'm really identifying with everything you said. Something is definitely wrong. My body is off. Um, I don't even know where to start. What would you say to that person? Well, you can definitely get grab this book because the book is is going to, you know, it's shipping out from the booksellers on May 3rd. So at any time after May 3rd, it's available. And I, I, I this is I put my heart and soul into this book for this reason. I mean, I I went through all that burnout and I and I've been helping patients, thousands of patients for 22 years. And I put all of that in the book so that, you know, you don't have to be on your own trying to figure this out. And I know how hard it is to find a practitioner who understands. I mean, I love that you you get it, you know, so of course you're an amazing resource for your listeners too to say, "Hey, let's let's stand back, look at the big picture view here, understand exactly where your what is your stress type, where's your point A so that we can actually guide you step by step to point B, which is being resilient to stress. And so you can get the Master Your Stress Reset Your Health book. And then definitely if you you, you can come to my website at drdonnie.com. Um, Donnie is, is spelled D-O-N-I. It's short for Donnie-L. So um, if you just go, you can even just do drdoni.com and you're going to um, let me know that you ordered the book because then you're going to get all of my support for using this book. We have the, the seven-day stress reset where I start to help you implement this anti-stress in a in a way that doesn't stress you out more here's the yes. thing is sometimes we well, here we are trying to recover from stress but we don't want to stress ourselves while we're recovering from stress <laughs> so true and I, I think i say that uh several times a day if i give someone a, a health strategy that is stressing them out and I try to and I'm trying to get them to change everything at one time that's not going to work we're literally shooting ourselves in the foot so I think that's what I've loved about diving into your book is that it's simple it's straightforward it's also encouraging but it's like oh okay I can I can do this it's not overly complicated because you're right if we're stressed out about trying to manage our stress then we're just we're not going to get very far Exactly. And so, yeah, I would start there and I'm, I'm here as a resource and I'm happy to help. And, um, you know, I just, yeah, I just can't wait for this information to be available to everyone because it's, I just see what a difference it's made and, and hear back from, you know, the, the people I work with one-on-one uh, -on -one and in my programs, you know, who are just like, oh my gosh, you know, this is what I've been looking for and I couldn't find it anywhere else. And so that's why I, you know, I made this book a, a reality and a resource for everyone. It's so fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so glad you gave us our, um, your resources, uh, both the book, your website. And so I will make sure that um, all of that is available in our show notes so that uh, our listeners can access that very easily. 
And I just love the work you're doing and really appreciate you spending some time with us today. Dr. Donnie, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. And um, and yeah, absolutely. I look forward to staying in touch, Jennifer. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Oh, this topic of stress. We are not done with this topic. Join me next time as we specifically talk mama stress and how you can deal. Tips to beat stress and overwhelm. Until then, please do something for you, my friend. You need a break. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, y'all.